2: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
3: Soko, welcome to the show. It's great to see you. Great to see you, too. Thanks for having me, Tanya. Well, Soko, death is an inevitable part of life that we really all do need to prepare for. But what happens when a grandparent's refusal to deal with that inevitability and the reality of that is putting a strain on the entire family?
4: grief is always really difficult and complex i'm interested in hearing what this one's all about
3: all right so let's read today's letter dear money moves my grandmother is approaching 77 years old Her health has not been ideal. However, considering her age and the anguish that she went through four years ago when her husband of 52 years passed away, it's understandable. That being said, after my grandfather passed, she immediately moved out of their primary home and moved into a home that they had purchased together with the hopes of eventually living out the rest of their days together. It's a beautiful home. And for her, it's not haunted by the memories of her lost husband. But while she refuses to live in the first house, she also refuses to sell it or rent it out, as that would erase the memories of her dear Charles. She has no income, and I am the most well-off in our family, which means I have to pay the property taxes and all of the related expenses to keep that property from falling into shambles. She claims that when she passes, the home will be passed down to me, but I'm yet to see any documents that prove that but she also repeatedly calls me by my mother's name making it clear that she's starting to lose touch with reality. At this point, I believe she's starting to lose the capacity to make sound decisions about her life, health and finances. She's definitely putting a financial strain on me. Would it be too far if I attempted to gain a conservatorship over her estate so that I can get things in order and potentially even rid us of the financial strain that she's putting me under a lot to
4: unpack there. The first thing that I think is really important that everyone understands is that every person sees life differently, does life differently, mm-hmm. and is here to, to be different. And so what we think is right or wrong is not what is right or wrong to them or healthy or unhealthy. Yep. And what everyone wants in this lifetime is to be validated. They want to feel seen, heard, and understood. So I'm curious about the attempts that have been made to bridge the gap mm-hmm. of communication, of understanding between the grandchild and the grandmother. Yep. Because it's my guess that grandma has yet to really face the difficult parts of loss. Yeah. And that if someone opened a space and helped her do that, that she might be more willing to uh, to go into other channels and avenues beyond that. I'm thinking that like a, a stance of validation, coming to grandma and saying how hard this probably is, um and how difficult it is to let go of things and helping her understand what it is she's actually letting go of that mm-hmm. it's not memories mm. that that memories exist without things um i think that would be like a first step
3: i think that's a great point because i you know right here i th- I also think that generationally, there's just so many different perspectives in the way in which we've been taught to deal with grief and move through grief and even talk about grief. You know, grandma, and you know, I will say for those generations in the past, it was really sort of a, inner strength thing. You just sort of moved on and you stoically didn't talk about it. And so she probably doesn't have an outlet to discuss it. And even bringing up things like, hey, let's talk about a will. Let's talk about what we do with your assets. They probably probably haven't even asked her, how do you feel about losing your father or your husband of 52 years? So there's no real entryway into safely talking about this conversation, which I think to your point is step one.
4: Yeah, because we, we call it strong and it's actually avoidance. It is. That's what's been happening, I think.
3: Yeah. And my first question is what does the granddaughter really want from the grandmother?
4: I love that you asked that. I think that younger generations are mm. looking for older generations to adapt to their reality, not understanding that they live differently. Yep. So I think that granddaughter is trying to get grandmother to heal to a point and be to a point that grandma won't be. It's this force because we think we think that if our grandma can't and our mom didn't, then we won't either. And so we hold the expectations for our ancestors or for the people that came before us because it makes us feel like then we will be able to. So I think there's going to be a necessary process of detaching, um, knowing that grandma's life is her life and my life is mine.
3: There's an aspect in here where the granddaughter has now taken on this financial responsibility. She's mentioned that she was the one that sort of has the most high paying job. So because of that, the family sort of leans on her and she's now taken on this role where she has to pay and take care of that home. What do you think about these sort of financial dynamics of that sort of responsibility? The more you make, the more you have to take care of your family members. Do you think that's just
4: an old sort of stereotype, um, and how do we deal with that? It's a very hard one because we overlap love and financial support when mm. the two aren't always the same, but I understand how they sometimes are. Mm-hmm. You know, th- the younger generation, especially younger Black generation, we are we are compelled to do better than those who came before us and we do so to relieve the lineage. Yeah. We wanna take care of everyone. And that's sort of like a boundary list way of living. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the intention is to help the family and then you get in those situations where you are helper. But at some point you become the enabler and you allow that to happen. So you take on more than is actually yours to take on. And then you have to deal with everyone else's stuff because you took it on and what comes with it.
3: And I think that was perfect here. You know, this young woman is writing in and you can tell that she's beleaguered by the fact that she has no boundaries. She doesn't feel like she can tell her grandmother that she's struggling financially having taken on this burden. She doesn't feel like she has a place to say to the grandmother, you know, we need to discuss these things because she feels like she's sort of infringing on this idea of like the memories of my beloved husband. And so how does a granddaughter really enforce boundaries to a grandmother
4: well before we get there tanya i want to address i'm so glad you asked that question that way because i'm thinking granddaughter has an issue being vulnerable mm. and i think that's what we're talking about on both sides ultimately yeah. The, yeah. the failure to really come forward with what your internal experience and process is what your actual life circumstances grandma's hurting because she probably feels like her life is empty mm. and that's a hard thing to say out loud when you're the matriarch yep it's, it's, this, this propellant generative woman has to say, I thought I could do it all and I can't. And now I'm struggling. So mm-hmm. when you both meet with open hearts, I think that's when real connection, real solutions and resolutions come to. Mm-hmm.
1: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
0: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
4: I will offer an example um, that I have actually personally experienced with my own grandmother, not related to money, but I think it kind of boils down to the same thing. I felt for many years unseen by my grandmother that I was, my personality was too big. I was too masculine, too powerful, too assertive. And so I closed that part of myself Mm -hmm. down and I continually felt rejected by her. There was a, a gap between she and I. And I finally did my own work to accept I am how I am and love who I am and how I am. And now I can meet her in my fullness, and I express to her who I am without worrying about what she'll think. And what I'm finding is we're just alike. When I open up in that way, she opens up too. I, I sit with trees because it grounds me, and I thought that she would think I was the crazy hippie and not believing in God if I sat with a tree. And I told her about my tree-sitting practice, and she said, Mija, trees are the most wise beings on this earth, and anything you give love to will give love back to you. And I was just mind blown wow. because that's just it boils down to the fact that when we close ourselves off, we close off the connection, things can't get done, love isn't given, it's withheld, and we can't come to family resolutions, compromises without opening up. So I think, yeah, to boil it all down, the opening up is where we find solutions. But it's scary to do that. There's so much work before doing that.
3: No, that's good. And I feel like this is exactly what this grandmother and this granddaughter are sort of revolving around. You know, they're unable to properly open up and share those experiences. And I think, you know, in our communities, oftentimes these are huge blocks. And I think a lot of people that are listening are looking for the tools to actually have those conversations within their families, whether they're about grief, dying, death or finances. Okay, so let's get into a little bit more of the weeds here. Without knowing all the details, what might be some of the ways the granddaughter can try to work out a compromise with her grandmother? You know, is that even possible if her
4: mental state is actually deteriorating? It seems like the first logical step is to reach out to grandma and let her know that you're that she's interested in talking to her about the future of the home and express to her the struggle she's she's going through. And then come up with a plan. And if grandmother does not agree to give it to her upon passing through, you know, through the proper channels and paperwork, mm-hmm. then that is an opportunity for granddaughter to practice her first very hard boundary. Boundaries are never easy. And the first one's always the hardest to say, okay, grandmother, I love you and I understand. And what I have to do, I honor your decision to keep this house and mm-hmm. I honor myself uh, my, and I honor my own boundary and what I know I can and can't do. And so I will no longer be able to pay for the home.
3: It's a tough thing, I think, for both people where at different life stages to come back and say, grandma, I can't afford this. You know, I don't have the money to cover your house and my life and my expenses. I just don't. And you know, it's sad because it's also layered with guilt, I'm sure of saying, but like yes. my grandfather's memories are gonna be erased.
4: Yes, there is a rule. This is the rule for boundaries. Okay. This is a rule for therapists, for social workers. We're taught this. You never work harder than your clients. That is when you lose your boundary.
2: Ooh.
4: And that's a hard thing to do with family, to say, I'm not willing to work harder for your wellness and well-being uh, than you are for yours. Ooh. And that's when you can detach. But that takes practice, right? And you feel cold-hearted at first yes. because our identity is wrapped up in who we can care for. But the reality is that's not our identity. Oh. So it's, it's a process. Come talk to a therapist. We'll help words you that. to live
3: by. <laughs> Absolutely words to live by. Okay, so when we get into the meat and potatoes of this idea of like, hey, I have these elderly parents and I'm worried about their mental status, like, and I want to have the conversations with them of saying like, hey, these end-of-life conversations about conservativeship do you see that a lot in your practice? And and how do people really approach that?
4: I've seen it once. And it's very, very difficult. I actually have a client, a grandson who's been dancing around it with his grandmother for Mm. two entire years because she's stubborn and because he doesn't want to address this difficult topic with her. So this is how I work through it with clients. I teach the client how to work through their own difficult emotions. Ah. Because when you have that ability, you're very good at working through it and not being fearful about meeting other people and their difficult emotions.
3: That makes a lot of sense. It's really like the work that you have to do to be able to like amplify your voice and your needs um, to that other person. Correct. Ooh, I'm nervous for her. Okay, so what do you think the outcome of this is for this grandmother and granddaughter?
4: I think if the granddaughter doesn't take a very brave step And if God doesn't step in and drastically change the grandmother, then the granddaughter is going to run to a point where she is broken and has to say, I cannot. And then she's going to be resentful and without money. And it's going to it's avoidable, but likely won't be avoided because people are afraid to have a difficult conversation.
3: The difficult conversation. I think think
4: she'll be pushed to her limit is what will happen.
3: Okay, so I think this was a tough one, and I'm just gonna weigh in if this was one of my girlfriends and give my advice to what I would say. I'm not saying this is right, but this is what I would probably tell her. I would say that I think she needs to have a tough conversation with the grandmother and also include other family men- members. She mentioned her mother, she said that she was the one making the most. Um, financial moves in her family. So I know there's some other family members there. I think she needs to bring all of them in and they need to have this very serious conversation about getting the grandmother's assets in order while she does have all of her marbles. Um, And I think this house has to go. Like the conversation needs to be had that makes the grandmother realize she's putting a strain on the younger generation and it's the younger generation's time to flourish and build. So that's my two cents. I don't think grandmother will like it, but I think she'll learn to understand it.
4: Tanya, I co-sign. I co-sign all of that and I just add like a, a kind of a reframe, not even a reframe. I give it a name. This is the name. Go to the places that scare you Ooh. and bring your team when you go. That's yeah. Like. Meet, meet the difficult opportunities, meet challenges with an open mind. That's how we grow. Yes. That's how we heal. That's how we connect and have your support system with you. Yes.
3: Yes, absolutely. And I think you know one of the things that's looming here is if Grandma were to pass, I don't think anyone in the family has any idea if she has a will, what she has decided to do with her assets. And so we've talked about this before on the show where you know you've got people who die and they don't have a will. They don't have a power of attorney. Like that's a way bigger mess that this family needs to avoid than having the tough conversations of going to what fear what scares you.
4: Correct. Yeah. And I think that I'll add on one more thing that perhaps uh, the granddaughter can research what what it looks like when someone dies and there's no paperwork in place, so that the family understands what they'll be up against. Yeah. So they can avoid that catastrophic issue. Oh of yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. we could we should just tell her to Google what happened to Prince's estate after he died. It's a mess. It's a mess.
4: It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not right? worth
3: it. It's not worth it. Soko, that was great. I think we were helpful. You know, I think we really like moved the so needle too. for this granddaughter, and we wish her the best. Um, Send us your bill for your therapy services because this was incredible.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Tanya.
3: And to my money movers, thank you for sticking with us. Keep sending us in your questions, disputes, and concerns. We'll keep trying to get them all answered to the best of our abilities. But in the meantime, make sure you stay tuned to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood. We have a special guest joining us next, and I don't think you'll want to miss it. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.